Welcome to this week's episode of the North Bible Church Podcast. Now, let's join our pastor as we open God's Word together. We are starting a new series this morning, and uh, we have six weeks before the installation of new senior pastor here, and so we're going to do two short series uh, for three Sundays, uh, and this uh, week we're starting a series called You're Invited, and we want you to know that you're invited to a greater commitment, uh, to a bigger faith, and to a deeper love. A greater commitment, uh, a bigger faith, and a deeper love Uh, And we're going to talk about that. We're going to look at that out of the 12th chapter of Romans. Uh, We're going to look this morning at one of the most famous passages that the Apostle Paul uh, ever wrote, one that's often quoted, that's often used, and has significant uh, has significant importance for us. But but here's the thing: Paul, the Apostle Paul, uh, it was a brilliant writer. Uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit. He penned these words for us, but it doesn't just pick up in chapter 12, but it really flows in a a remarkable way all the way through the book of Romans, and it begins with the first 11 chapters. In in the first 11 chapters of Romans, we find out, beginning in the first chapter, uh, that God created mankind, that God created all of us, and then we rebelled, uh, then we, uh, what Romans says is, what Paul says in Romans is that, that the, the creation, instead of worshiping the creator, uh, worshiped the, themselves. That rather than worshiping God, we started worshiping ourselves. We started focusing on ourselves. It was about us. It was about what, what we wanted. We became the gods in our lives, and we began to worship ourselves. And in that, they worshiped other gods. They worshiped other things. They, they worshiped things that we struggle with today. They worshiped security and comfort and money and all of those things. And it says later in about t- verse 28 of Romans 1 that eventually God gave mankind over uh, to those desires and, and so we fell into rebellion, that the world fell into rebellion against God, and then God in his mercy provided a pathway, he provided a way for us to be reunited with him, for us to be forgiven uh, of our rebellion, forgiven of our sin, and he made a way back for us to be in relationship with him. And so the first 11 chapters of Romans talk about that, our rebellion, uh, our selfishness, and God's mercy. And if you remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about God's mercy, and God's mercy is all about not getting what you deserve. Grace is about getting what you don't deserve. Mercy is about not getting what you do deserve, that God had mercy on us, and provided a way through Jesus Christ that we might have a relationship with him, that we might be brought back into fellowship with him. And so we're going to pick up that story now in Romans 12. But as I was looking at it this week, I was reminded of a a story that I had read. Uh, It's a true story. It happened in 2005, and a young man named Shin from North Korea was the only person to ever escape from the total control zone internment camp in North Korea and lived to tell uh, tell the tale. Because Shin was born in prison, he knew no other life. He spent the first 23 years of his life, he was born there, as far as he knew, he would die there, and all he knew about the world was in the confines of that prison that no one had ever escaped from. A total confinement prison. 
He lived, he ate, he worked. Those were the people he knew. And as far as he knew, outside of the electrified fence, I think we have a picture of, outside of that fence, the world was the same. That if you ever got out of there, you would just find the same thing going on someplace else. He didn't know a different world. He didn't know a different reality until one day a young man got sent into the prison camp whose name was Park. And Park began to tell him stories about a different world, about another place. And he's told him that he had traveled around Korea and South Korea, particularly gone all the way to China. He'd had all of his experiences. And the one story that he told Shin that really captured his imagination was about eating broiled chicken. Shin had never had chicken before in his life. But he knew what chicken tasted like. It tasted like freedom. And somehow that captured his imagination. That idea of eating chicken uh, so caught on with him, uh, it, it, it so encaptured him that that's all he thought about, that's all he wanted, and he and Park decided to escape. At least Park said, let's escape. So they, they went to that fence that I just showed you, and it was electrified, and Park ran up first, and he grabbed the fence and was electrocuted and died there holding the fence and Shin was able to crawl up his back and up on his shoulders and escape and be the only person ever escaping from this internment camp and telling the story. And today, he eats, lives in South Korea and he eats broiled chicken anytime he wants to. And he always thinks about his friend that gave his life up for him in order for him to have that privilege and to have that freedom. This morning, what we wanna talk about is sacrifice. We wanna talk about what it means to sacrifice. I, I think sometimes we have a bad view, we have a mistaken view of what that means, but the Apostle Paul wants us to understand exactly what that means, so he spells it out for us in this beautiful little passage. We're only gonna look at two verses this morning out of Romans 12, and here they are. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, and the actual Greek is siblings, so we'll read it, brothers and sisters. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. That's the word of the Lord. That's God's word for us. And he begins it this way. He says, I, I appeal to you, therefore, what, what the Apostle Paul wants us to understand this morning is because of what happened in the first 11 chapters of the book of Romans, I want you to pay attention to what's gonna happen now, chapters 12 through 16. I want you to see the result of what God has done. I want you to see what we do as a result, how we live our lives as a result of God's mercy for us. And so he says, therefore, because what's happened in the first 11 chapters, pay attention to this. And then he says, I appeal to you. He's saying, I urge you, I beg you, I'm asking you in the strongest language to do this. He, he's saying, here's what it is that I want you to do. I want you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. I want you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. 
Not a sacrifice, you know, that, that they would have understood in the first century. You see, they, they got the idea of sacrifices. You would offer a, an unblemished lamb on the altar as a sacrifice for, for forgiveness of your sins. You might offer a bull as a sacrifice. If you were really poor on the Passover, you could only afford doves. You would offer two doves as a sacrifice for your sin. Jesus came to be the sacrifice once and for all. He came to pay the price with his blood once and for all for us. And now the apostles. So Paul says, I'm not asking you to lay yourself on an altar. I'm not asking you to give your life. Jesus gave his life already for you. I'm asking you now to live your life for him. I'm asking you to lay your life down for Jesus. I'm asking you to make a sacrifice, to give all of who you are to Jesus, to be all in, not to hold anything back. You know, we, we do that. We we. We know we want to do that. We want to give ourselves to the Lord. But here's what we do. We, we find ourselves that we've held something back. We've held a part of our life back. We haven't given it all to him. And part of our journey is learning what it means to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. And when Paul uses the word bodies, he, he doesn't mean just this physical shell, but he's saying that all that you are, all that you've ever been, all that you are now, and all that you ever plan to be or hope to be in the future, he wants all of it. He wants everything. And he uses three adjectives to help us understand what that means. Uh, he says that first it's a living sacrifice as opposed to a dead sacrifice, that we're a living sacrifice, that, that we live our lives for him. And then he also says that it's holy and acceptable to God that we live a life that's holy. The word holy means to set apart. When, when they would sacrifice a lamb, they would set apart that lamb. In fact, if, if, you, were, um, if you were a, a sheep herder in the first century, it was a costly thing to sacrifice a lamb. Uh, it meant something. It cost you something. You just didn't do it on a, a lark because here is the rule that you didn't just take the, the sick lamb. You didn't take the worst looking one. You didn't take the most uh, deformed, the most marred lamb and, and offer that lamb uh, on the altar, but you took the unblemished lamb. You took the one that was worth the most money, uh, the one that was the most prized, the one that was most precious. You gave God the best that you had and you sacrificed that. That's why they call it a sacrifice because it costs something. If it doesn't cost you anything, it's not a sacrifice. And he says, now, I want you to take that picture of that perfect unblemished lamb. And I want you to look at your own life. And we all know that we're not perfect and we're not unblemished, but he says, I want you. I want all of you. I want you to live for me. But I don't want just part of you. I don't want the easy part. But this costs, this is a sacrifice. I want you to be all in for me. A living sacrifice, holy and blameless which is your true worship. You know, it's pretty powerful because some, we think worship is about music and that's worship for us. And we, we think that, and so we get confused sometimes when we think about worship because uh, we think it's about music. We think it's, then we get caught up in, in a style and we, we get caught up in, you know, how it works for us and how it makes us feel. And here's what the Apostle Paul wants us to understand is that our lives are a sacrifice. And when we give him all of us, that's what worship looks like. So when we come to church on Sunday mornings we're, and we begin to sing, we're singing to Jesus. 
We're not singing, you know, my greatest hits. We're not singing my favorite tunes. Uh, We're not singing, here's what I like the most. We're singing to Jesus, and you can sing any tune. You can even sing out of key, but when your heart is tuned into Jesus, when your heart is giving praise to him, when your heart is filled with worship for him, it doesn't really matter because our worship is all about who we are and giving ourselves as a living sacrifice to him. That's what worship is. Worship is saying, Jesus, you're the only one who's worth my whole life. And when we come on Sundays, often it's because I've been taking my, my life back in little pieces all week, and I need to be reminded in those moments to give it back to you, that I belong to you. So he says, I urge you, I beg you, to give your bodies this living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your spiritual worship. And then he's going to help us out with it. He's going to explain it a little bit better, a little bit more even. Uh, he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that by testing you might deserve what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. He, he gives us this picture. He says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. He, he says that the difference between being conformed and, and being transformed is, is pretty stark. You see, if, if being conformed means being molded into something. And it's outside forces that mold us, that create us, that make us who we are. And so if we're really worried about how we come across to other people, if we're really, really worried about what people are going to say about us or what people are going to think about us and, uh, or how people are going to talk about us and all of those kinds of things that we find ourselves being molded into an image that, that we think everybody else wants us to be, or we think that we're being molded, we think that we're trying to conform to the culture, we're trying to conform to, to what's popular, what's going on around us, what everybody else is doing, what everybody else is talking about, and we're being molded into an image. And the Apostle Paul says that's not what it means to give your life as a living sacrifice, that's not what life is really about, but he says life is about transformation. You see, to be, to be conformed is to be shaped from the outside in. To be transformed is to be renewed and changed from the inside out. He's saying that the, that the spirit of Jesus Christ comes and lives in us, and he sets, makes his living, his dwelling place in us, and he begins to transform us from the inside out, and as a result of that, we grow more and more to look like Jesus. We grow more and more to be an expression of who Christ is in the world, that it means to be transformed. It means to go inside and allow Jesus to grow in and through us and to transform us from the inside out so that we take on the flavor and the look of Jesus. That people see our lives and they see who Jesus is. It's not being conformed to some image. It's not being conformed to some style. It's not being conformed to what other people think. It's being transformed from the inside out because of who Jesus is, because of what Christ has called us to And then he gives us three more adjectives. He says that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God. All of us want to know what the will of God is, right? We all want to know what God wants us to do, what God's best plan, what God's best purpose for us is. And the Apostle Paul says right here that it is by testing, you may discern, you may understand, you may comprehend the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect what God has for us, who God wants us to be. And so I'll give you a hot tip this morning. God wants you to be transformed. 
What's God's will for you? His will for you is to be transformed from the inside out, but to do that, we have to give ourselves to him. We have to become a living sacrifice. We have to allow him to change us from the inside out. We need to submit our whole lives, everything about us, about who we are to Jesus. He gets it all. That's what it means to be a living sacrifice. That's what he's called us to. And that costs us, right? And so if we're really honest with ourselves, we, we think, okay, Larry, I get it. That's what the Bible says. And, you know, I believe the Bible nine out of 10 times. I'm gonna go with the Bible, right? When in doubt, go with the Bible. It's God's word, all that stuff. But I don't like it that much. And, and I, 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 wanna give my, I wanna give myself as a living sacrifice to God, but I don't want it to hurt. I don't really want it to cost me anything. I, I, I'd, I'd like to give some stuff over to God and I'd like him to, to change my life, but really, does it have to hurt? Does, does it have to cost that much? Because sacrifice, by definition, costs us. It, it, it hurts us. And we think, well, but I have plans for my life. I have things that I, I want to do, but I, I want to give you a, a one little picture. I want to tell you, what, here's what the Apostle Paul said about that in Philippians chapter 3. The Apostle Paul talks about his pedigree. He says, you know, I, I was a Jew of the Jews. I was a Pharisee. I obeyed the law better than anybody else. I was a person of influence and knowledge and, and power and wealth, and I had all of that at a young age. I had done it all. And then he says in chapter 3 of verse 7 of Philippians, he says, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and being found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness of God that depends on faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And here's what the Apostle Paul wants us to know this morning, that he had it all, that he had power, he had prestige, he had a great education, he had financial security, and he said, you know what that's worth? Nothing. It's rubbish compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus, of him having my life, of committing myself to him, of laying my life down as a living sacrifice and allowing him to take it. I was having this conversation with our oldest son, Caleb, this last week, and we were talking about uh, our lives, and, and uh, when they were, um, Caleb was nine, and Josh was seven, Aaron was four, we moved our family, packed up, and, and uh, moved to Los Angeles because there was a need there uh, to reach kids, and they, and, and they needed somebody that would go and, and uh, develop this ministry uh, in Young Life for kids, and so we packed up the troops and we headed to Los Angeles and he asked me, have you ever regretted doing that? Have you ever thought, I wonder if I could have done it different, if my life would have been different or you know, not, not have gone to Los Angeles? And I said, yeah, I've thought about it. I, I've thought about what, you know, what would have been different. And then, and then as we were talking, I said, but you know, we started talking about people that had come to Christ and, and whole areas of LA that were ministry had 
blossomed and grown still goes today. And, and we began to talk about the people that, that influenced him, that lived there, that we became friends with, and, and all the things that happened and all the things that, that we would have missed and not happened if we hadn't taken that step and, and gone. If, we, if we'd have just looked at all the stuff that we had going here and said, this is really awesome, this is perfect, let's just stay here, we would have missed all of that. I'm sure it would have been good, but, but God wanted to do so much more and we had to lay down what we had for, for him here, and we had to move in order for that to happen. We had a great conversation about what it means to trust Christ and give our lives to him, because that's hard for us. It's hard for us, and sometimes we need to be reminded that it's costly to lay our lives down for him. But God can do so much more. Here's what I want you to understand this morning is that when it comes to what God can do, you see, <laughs> okay, this is, this is awesome. Do you believe me? Seriously? So breathe, somebody breathe. Okay, good, thank you. Um, because the resurrected power, we talk about this, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit that rose, raised Christ from the dead lives in us, lives in you, right? That's just Remarkable. There is no power in the universe that comes close to the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And he lives in you. And he is transforming you from the inside out. And he's saying that you can spend your whole life and never come close to tapping all that I have for you. And never come close to getting to all of the things that I want to do through you and do for you. I want your life to be bigger than you ever dreamed. I want your life to have more impact than you ever imagined because I live in you. It's not because you're so great, but the resurrected Jesus has placed his spirit in us to grow in us, to transform us. And that's the life that he offers us. It's not a life that's easy. It's not a life that's not without sacrifice and suffering and all of those things, but it is the big life that we we all dream about, that we all wish that we had, that we all deep down in our heart, we would, tra- we would trade our comfort, we would trade our security if we just could begin to, give, begin to get our arms around how much God wants to do in our lives. <laughs> let's be honest. You know, when, uh, when I first started taking uh, serious my faith to follow Jesus, to really be a follower of Jesus, I didn't want any sacrifice. I, no one told me that I needed to suffer or that there'd be any suffering. Like many of you, I was a product of um, Jesus loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And I had this idea that, that when Jesus came into my life that he would forgive me of my sins and I'd be free from all of that and I would never sin again and my life was gonna be in this upward and out trajectory. It was just gonna get better and better and better and I was gonna get better and better and better and all of these things were gonna happen that would be bigger and better in my life and that's just how my life would go and all of a sudden I hit a few road bumps, maybe some mountains in my life. I came crashing and I realized, man, this is harder than I thought, this means I have to sacrifice, I have to give up some things that, that I thought were important to me. I, I had to give up some things that I thought I really wanted in my life in order to follow Jesus. It's really different than I thought, and I had to, I had to decide, do I really want to do this? Do I really want him to have my life? I, I remember one of my first prayers was, God, please don't take away any of my friends or my popularity. I, I was really saying, that I wanted Jesus, but I didn't really want to follow him or become like him. 
and at the time, there were a lot of churches that were talking about, you know, if you're a Christian, then that's the pathway to wealth and health and power and all of those things. But it's also the path to, to suffering, and it's also the path to sacrifice and some pain as we grow, as we serve the Lord, as we're reminded of how much Christ went through for our sake. You know, here's what we need to do maybe, and this would be my suggestion for you, that maybe we need to be honest with God. It's not like we're gonna trick him or anything. It's not like we're gonna say, okay, Lord, I wanna lay down my life for you, but not really. Have your fingers crossed behind your back. You know, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna lay down my life, but then secretly we're gonna keep a little bit back for ourselves. He knows that. You're not fooling him. We're not fooling him. But mercy says, I'm gonna love you anyway. Jesus said, I'm gonna love you anyway. I'm gonna keep working in your life anyway. We can't fool him, but maybe we need to start with this prayer that, God, I actually like Jesus, and I want some more of Jesus, but not to the point of sacrificing anything Maybe we should be honest and tell him that. Tell him that it's not, it, it's not that your heart right now, but that you'd like to, you don't want to be obsessed with Jesus. Tell him you're not there yet. Tell him that you don't want Christ's suffering. Tell him you don't want his sacrifice. Tell him that you don't want his poverty. Tell him that you don't want his persecution. Uh, tell, him, uh, tell him that you want a crown of gold without a crown of thorns. Tell him that you want the power of the resurrection, but you'd like to skip the suffering part. But then tell him that you know that's not right and tell him, tell him you want to be consumed with Christ and you believe he's better than your comfort and someday soon maybe you'll be at the point where you can come before God and pray, God, I believe there is more of you to experience through suffering. I know that, that once the suffering comes, I won't enjoy it as much as I thought I might, but I don't want to end my life just so-so. I want you to have it all. I want to know Christ. I want to know his power. I want to know his suffering. And I want to somehow attain the power of the resurrection. I want it all. I want everything of Jesus. That maybe we can pray that prayer. Maybe we can say, Lord, I'm gonna be honest with you, but I've, I've been holding parts of my life back. I, I would love the crown of glory, but without the crown of thorns. I would love the power of the resurrection without the suffering part that went before it. I would like all of those things. I'd like all the really good, the rich things in my life without having to go through the really hard things to get there. And Jesus reminds us through the Apostle Paul, I urge you by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to him, which is your spiritual worship. He is calling us to worship him with all that we are. He's calling us to give ourselves wholly over to him that that's how it works. That's what he wants of us. That's what he's calling us to. And there, there is in our hearts, we, we believe that in our hearts. We believe it deep down. We just don't necessarily like it. We just don't necessarily want it. It's a little bit frightening to let go and, and say, God, I want you to take all of my life. I want you to have it all, but we know in our hearts that it's true. So here, here's the thing. I'm not gonna ask you this morning to say, okay, let's all lay our lives down. Let's all 
be a living sacrifice to God. And let's just decide right now and bang, we did it. But here's what I want to ask you to do. I want you to decide today to give yourselves as a living sacrifice to the Lord. And then I want you to get up tomorrow morning and I want you to decide tomorrow morning that you want to give your life as a living sacrifice to the Lord. And then I want you to get up the next day and decide that you want to give your life as a living sacrifice to the Lord. And I want you to get up every day of your life and pray and ask God and tell him that you want to give your life as a living sacrifice to him, which is your real worship. That you want to lift him up. That you want to see your life transformed. That you want to grow more and more to look like Jesus. That as you go into the world, it's not about being conformed to the picture that everybody expects you to be, but it's to be transformed into the image of our Savior who gave himself for us, who's offered us his spirit, who wants to transform us from the inside out, who has given us everything that we need to live that life. And we need to do it every day. It's a daily process. The mistake that a lot of us make is, is that we, we feel like, okay, I can, I can do that right now and then everything ought to be good. That's not the journey. It's every day you make that decision. It's every day you turn over your life to Christ, that you become a living sacrifice. And here's what you're gonna find. You're gonna find that, that every day you're gonna find out something else about yourself. So just when you feel like you're getting this whole Christian thing down, you're gonna realize if you commit your life to Christ that if you really commit your, lay your life down as this living sacrifice, you're gonna find those little places that you haven't given to him yet. And he's gonna keep peeling away the layers as he transforms you, as he strengthens you, as he builds you up. But it's worth everything that you lose. To gain Jesus is worth anything. To gain Jesus is greater than any other thing, any other experience, uh, in, any other place that we can find ourselves. To understand the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus is greater than all of that. So let's make a decision not to be perfect. Let's make a decision to every day lay our lives down on the altar and give ourselves as a living sacrifice to Christ, holy and acceptable to him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for the words that you gave to the Apostle Paul for us. Lord, we confess this morning that we do try to trick you sometimes. We want to come to church and look like we've given it all to you. And then, Lord, we're reminded that, nah, there's so much of our lives that we've held back. So, Lord, I pray this morning that you would give us the strength and the courage and the honesty to to wake up every morning and to lay our bodies down as a sacrifice to you, to give ourselves wholly to you, to commit ourselves to you, Lord. Lord, I ask that you would remind us of your great mercy, that you would remind us of your great love and your great power to transform our lives, Lord, and, that, and then, Lord, you would help us, strengthen us as we give our lives to you. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for all of this. We are grateful, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. In just a moment, 
we'll rejoin our pastor for today's closing thoughts. But first, we wanted to thank you for tuning in. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona, and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com. Now, some closing thoughts from our pastor. Okay, so there are a couple things you can do. You can just put this song on your playlist and play it all the time, remind yourself. You can have it all, Lord, every part of me, and remind yourselves every day that it's a daily laying down our lives. It's not a one-time thing, but we, we decide every day to follow Christ. We decide every day to give our bodies as a living sacrifice to Him. It's a decision that we make in our lives every day. Or another idea is that you could read Romans 12, 1 and 2 every day. You could memorize it and constantly remind yourself what it means to give yourselves as a living sacrifice to God, holy and acceptable, which is pleasing, which is our spiritual worship, which is what worship really looks like, so that when we come together on Sunday mornings and we lift our voices together, we are lifting them in praise and thanksgiving to Jesus that we've given our lives to, holy to, and that we can join in that process, not that we've arrived, not that we're perfect, but that every day we're on a journey to give our lives wholly to Jesus. Just pick one. See how it works for you. See what difference it makes in your life. I love you guys. Have a great day. Don't forget our prayer partners, prayer table. See ya. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com.